0: everyone welcome to episode 26 of expand the fandom podcast uh, this episode is going to be something of a fru special because fru have done a lot of interesting things over the last little while so we're going to talk about that um, but more on that as we get further into the episode but first of course uh jermaine is with me again how are you jermaine pretty good
1: mate pretty good awesome Good to be back good to be back and um Thanks everyone. We're episode twenty six, mate.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. Twenty six. Who would
1: have thought we're still here?
0: I know, we haven't been arrested yet, it's great.
1: <laughs> with uh who have we offended? We've offended the feminists, um geeks <laughs> in general. Yep. Um we've offended uh every every fan and publisher. Um <laughs> Uh, who, who else have we offended? Um,
0: Deceased bandar pygmies.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we swung them around last episode, didn't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's been great. It's um, I, I've enjoyed being on, and um, I must say, you know, thanks everyone for listening to us, and um, please continue to send us feedback and stuff. It's always it's it's fun listening to what people actually think of us. Yeah, um,
0: definitely. Definitely. And, and it gives us an idea of what you guys like, what you don't like, so we can change the show, hopefully, yeah. for the better.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, if there's someone you want to interview or a discussion you want us to talk about or something, please send them in. Or if you just want to tell us that we talk too much, you know, we understand. <laughs> you can send that in as well.
0: Yep, definitely. Right, well, let's get straight into the news, because there is a lot of stuff to cover um, this episode. Yes. So the first thing we'll talk about is, um, there was an article a little while ago about uh, behind the scenes of the Phantom movie, um, which sort of gave a little bit of, um, I suppose, insight into how difficult it was to make that film. The film had actually mm. been kind of in the planning stages since the 70s, um, <laughs> so it took you know, a good 20-odd years for the thing to get made. Um, several directors were attached and left and, um, all that sort of thing before, uh, Simon Winter, the guy that originally, that finally directed it, came on board. Um, there was lots of actors attached to the film. Uh, Bruce Campbell, who you may know from, um, the Evil Dead series, and he had a guest appearance in all the Spider-Man films, and he's in, um... I don't know, there's some show on TV at the moment he's in. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. He was originally up for the role of The Phantom, which could have been interesting. Uh, but, of course, as we all know, he lost out to Billy Zane. Well, may not, maybe not lost out, but because things change so often, eventually he moved on to other things and Billy Zane was attached. But Billy Zane was actually attached for a long, long time before the movie got made. Mm. So he stuck with it. Um, Michael Douglas was going to be in it at one point, but we don't know what role he was up for. Um, possibly the Phantom, but I think maybe, you know, the Philip, Captain Philip Horton um, character, but then again, this might have been a different version of the script, so the character that he could have played may not have even made it to the final movie. Hmm. Um, there was also, they only had 10 months to shoot the whole thing, which for a big, you know, blockbuster movie like that isn't a very long time.
1: Was it a blockbuster movie? Well,
0: I think they made it with the intention of it being a blockbuster. It just didn't make the money that blockbusters generally make. Um, And I don't think think it really had the budget of your traditional blockbuster, because this was the 90s, and when you think of a 90s blockbuster, I guess you're thinking, you know, Jurassic Park and things like that.
1: Independence Day.
0: Independence Day. So it didn't have that kind of budget, but I think they wanted it to be a big, fun... You know, summer adventure mm. movie type thing, but you know, for for well, we I was gonna say whatever reason, but we know the reasons it didn't really get there. Yeah. But the best thing that the article mentions, and you can find a link to the article on the website, is that the film now has a cult status. Uh, it's been hugely successful on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. Um, it's rented out. Very often, lots of copies have sold. So, like, a lot of um, cult movies, so, like, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, say, and Blues Brothers, which were critically panned at the time, um, they've now become, become sort of household names, and the fandom, it seems, is getting to that point. It's you know, if, if the directors are saying, well, it's a cult movie, then, you know, I think we can safely yeah. assume that they're correct. Do you think...
1: Do you think it will mean that because of its cult following, um, we'll ever see another Phantom movie?
0: Um, I think think it's definitely possible. If you think about the movies that have been remade recently or in the process of being remade, you kind of think about it and go, really? But then there is this audience out there for it that... um, Lapped it up like the A team got a movie. I haven't seen it, I don't know what it's like, but the A team, it, it was good fun. Well, there you go. So, there was obviously an audience for that there. And the A team is the TV show is very popular. Um, they're rebooting Ghostbusters, which, as we all know, has a huge <coughs> cult following. Um, they're rebooting uh, what was that Keanu Reeves movie um, where he was all about surfing and stuff. Um, oh, point or point break. Point break, yeah, they're doing a new point break. So, you know, that's and that's a bit of a cult movie as well. So I think if there is a big enough audience, a big enough cult following, um, eventually the the Hollywood studios will go, Oh, well we can make money there and of course with superhero films being as popular as they are at the moment, those two things together might help um help it happen but you know. A lot of
1: if buts and maybes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, Billy Zane tweeted a little while ago that he's working on something to for there to be a new Phantom movie. So I don't know. Things can seem to change at the drop of a hat in Hollywood. So true.
1: You know. True. I guess you just need one. Um, you just need one. You know, one person in the right place to be able to say, "Yeah, let's do it."
0: Yeah. Well, if Paul Blart Mall Cop can get a sequel, anything's possible. So and there's been what? Joking. No, and there's been what? Seven Fast and the Furious movies. Like I'm yeah. not a huge fan of Fast and the Furious. I have never seen any of them um, past the first one. But I know there are people that love car movies. But to have seven movies in a series, that's a lot. Well, look, well, so, let's
1: be truthfully honest. All right, the guys watch that for the girls in their little tight little um. Uh, skirts and, you know, bum showing, and then the the girls watch it to see um, Vin Diesel take off his shirt. That's the only reason why people watch it.
0: Oh, I didn't like anything about it, including the girls, so, you
1: know. So, all right, so so we're getting into... So, we need... um, uh, we need Diana walking around with um you know, bits of a bum showing. And then we need um you know, Vin Diesel as the Phantom. Oh, uh, basically wearing um you know, wearing no shirt for half the movie. And we will have seven we'll have several sequels. That's that sounds like a recipe for um Uh, Disaster, I mean, success.
0: Oh, God, Vin Diesel. The best movie Vin Diesel's ever done was Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's because he wasn't in it, he was replaced by a giant plant, and he only had to say one thing. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Anyway, moving on. on. (laughs) Right, so the next thing we want to talk about is a really, really cool um, fan project we found on Facebook called The Ghost Who Walks. Now, it's not French. It is a culmination of the word lego and ghost, so leg ghost um, he's put them together, and this guy has made a uh, custom phantom Go- uh, Lego minifig and he has put it around in various places and taken photos of it uh, it's The guy behind its name is Benjamin, and i 'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong. Corlatius, I believe the last name is pronounced. Um, and like I said, he's got a Facebook page with heaps of photos, and it's it's brilliant stuff. He's taken the little minifig out into, you know, probably just his backyard or something. But because of the size of the minifig, it looks like it's in the jungle and taken photos. And mm. there's guest appearances by Mandrake and Tarzan and even the Ghostbusters and I think Superman and Batman are in there as well. It's really really cool stuff. Did it's you? Been um, fun. Yeah, you liked it, Jermaine. Yeah,
1: I did. Um, I've never heard of it until um, you put the post up on uh, Facebook and stuff, but it's good fun. Um, and, you know, I think mean, that's, you know, it is. It's good fun. It's what should be, you know, what it should be, and um, it was enjoyable.
0: Yeah, it was great. I, I hadn't heard of it either until, um, you know, on Facebook, they come up with recommended groups or whatever. Yeah, it you? came up in that for me. So I was they like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they do work. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, So I, of course, checked it out and and thought it was great. So, um, again, there is a link up to the Facebook page on the website. So go over there and check it out and like the page to show Ben uh, a bit of support because it's really cool to see that. Um, So the next thing we have is also another fan project, but this is a musical one. So a group... Uh, called Toe Hider, who is an Australian group, have done a whole bunch of remixes of um, popular 80s and 90s TV shows, one of those shows being Defenders of the Earth. Um, we did post it on the website, but if you haven't heard it, we're going to play it at the end of the episode, because it is really cool. Um, they've kind of made it a very rocky rocky kind of sound, but it's, it's very nice. Did you give it a listen, Jermaine?
1: um (laughs) i must admit i haven't we talked about this in the uh in the uh original corrupted version of this um podcast and i still haven't listened to it. i was just waiting for the um the podcast to go live and then listen to it then (laughs)
0: oh you can listen to it at the end of this one then
1: i appreciate that mate i'm looking (laughs) forward to it
0: cool well it, it is really good so we'll definitely play that um so the next thing is the pop vinyl, the fena pop vinyl that we announced was coming out uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was last month. Um, that is getting variants. So we're going to get a red and blue Ooh. variant. yeah. Uh, costume variant. So the figure itself will be exactly the same. The only difference will be the colour of the costume. But um, that's still pretty cool. That suggests to us that the pre-orders must have been fairly mm. impressive for them to do... Um, Variants. And the variants come out, if I remember correctly, two or three months after the release of the yeah. purple version. So obviously they waited to see how many pre-orders they got before they decided to do variants. So they must have, you know, met their quota, whatever that may have been. So um, that's great. But like with the purple one, you can go on to uh, Pop Culture and pre-order it. Again, there is links and stuff up on the website, so check that out. I'll be getting both versions. you got to get them, Jermaine?
1: I've already pre-ordered. Yep. Um, now, I pre-ordered from um, oh, Pop Culture. Now, they do any orders over $100, you get free postage. Yeah. Now. I hadn't pre-ordered the others, and so I was originally I was going to do two of the purple, and then one of the um, of the two other colours. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, hang on. If I spend another, they're only fifteen bucks each. If I spend another thirty dollars, I get free postage. So <laughs> you
0: got two of each. You
1: know, um, so I ended up getting two of each, and I got free <laughs> postage. So if you if you look at it, you kind of you almost get one free because of the postage that you would normally pay anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, you pay an extra 15 bucks and you kind of get another one free. That's the way I looked at it, and that's the way I justified it to the wife. Anyway.
0: And that's what it's all about.
1: <laughs> that's it. That is it. If you can um, trick the wife into allowing you to buy it, um, <laughs> um,
0: it's yeah, worth go doing. it. Go for it. Go for it. We should say too that pop culture's prices for their pop vinyls are really good. I've seen pop vinyls go for as much as twenty five dollars in some shops. Um I think the cheapest I've ever seen them is fifteen, but that's only one shop I've ever seen them that much, so the pop the pop vinyl prices at Pop Culture are really good so if you're going to buy it from anywhere it's a good spot to buy it for and um, if you buy stuff from them you get credit so next time you buy something it's going to be cheaper so that's always yeah awesome. i must
1: admit i didn't realize that until after i paid for it after i spent hundred bucks with them so i'm kind <laughs> of a little bit um bummed out about that but if you um if you haven't got like the heat changing mug or the or the um bobblehead or anything else like yeah. that you could possibly like bundle them all up as one and you get your free postage if you don't want to buy two of each
0: exactly and they've got the lamp on there now a phantom lamp which oh, i really okay. want to get i really want to get that yeah
1: but anyway i must admit when i originally saw the lamp because we talked about it on an earlier podcast now this is yeah. becoming a bit of a habit with me I'm um, changing my mind and having to apologize to people <laughs> um and i think we've got more of it coming up as well so you know, <laughs> stay tuned for that one um <laughs> I recently brought one of those lamps, and I liked
0: it.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Um, now, it did help that I only paid like, um, you know, what was it? It was like $25 for it or something like oh, that. Oh, nice.
0: Why didn't you get me
1: one? Um, I wanted it off eBay and, you know, oh, with okay. and all that. So, you know, it, I got it for a good price, but that probably helped with me liking it. But I actually liked it. No. I only got it because it's like, oh, it's cheap, you know. And then I heard someone else saying, oh, it's rubbish. There's no point in spending on it and all that. But I liked it, and I'm glad I got one.
0: So when so, you yeah. when you buy the lamp, is it just the shade or does the whole
1: lamp? No, come it's the with whole it? lamp.
0: Oh, nice. Do you have to buy a and bulb? It's in a nice
1: is... little box as well.
0: Oh, that's always good. Does it come with a bulb? Because sometimes lamps don't come with bulbs.
1: To be honest, you should know me. I haven't opened it.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I I like it. Just looking at the picture on the on the website, I I quite like it. Where it's got you know the more sort of the the Sunday art in the background, and then the Phantom you know in the foreground, looking pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. So I'll probably yeah, get one. What I was
1: gonna do is if there was one, if I saw one at Supernova last weekend, I was gonna um because it's got Terry Beatty's artwork on it. I was thinking yeah. I should get him to sign it. Um, but I couldn't find any. But yeah, no, I um yeah. So if you haven't got that or anything else, get them all together and, you know, get free postage. You know, use it as an early Father's Day present or, or something like that. And, um, you know, talk, talk the missus into it. It's worth doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Right, on, well, um, let's get into the fruit stuff. So we have a heap of fruit stuff to cover this episode, um, including their...
1: Oh, should we issues? first of all say that we are not getting paid by Free for these comments? <laughs> no, um, we're not. These are entirely our own thoughts. Um, yep. And Dudley you know, didn't you, pay
0: off Jermaine at the um, at the
1: dinner. No, no, no. Dudley hasn't paid me off. Although Dudley, I am open to you know, any <laughs> little, um, um, you know, a little on the so- you know, uh, little um, you know, brown paper bag, um, you know, on the side. I'm open to that. Um, <laughs> but no, but and I think you know. We, I think you and I, we're very, you know, if something deserves to be told it's crap, we'll do it. But if something has been done good, yeah. I think it's only fair that we will do the same. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I believe Fru has, and this is what I said to Dudley, which I've shared with everyone in the last podcast, I believe Fru has really lifted the game lately, and um, I believe we need to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Um, Just before we get into Fru, I want to say that we will be covering uh, the King Issues 2 and 3 and Hermes 3. It's just there's so much Fru stuff we wanted to dedicate this episode just to that, because we also want to give the King and Hermes stuff their due as well, so we didn't want to kind of gloss over one in favour of the other. So we'll do King issue 2 and 3 and Hermes 3 next episode.
1: Yeah, and then maybe even by then there might even be another one out as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's get into the more newsy stuff about Fru first. So, Fru have opened up a Facebook profile. Um, Now, this is great. Whether you like or hate Facebook, I know people have varying thoughts on it. Um, There's no argument that it is a great way for businesses to um, get in more direct contact with their customers, and it can only be a good thing for um, a company like Fru. free advertising. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I think that's great. They've had Instagram, um, which which they still use. So the more that they enter these social media areas, I think the more mm-hmm. people, one, are going to interact and give their thoughts about their product, and two, it will even help spread the word. So people that may not be aware of Fru's product may find it and go, oh, that looks cool. I'll check that out. Yeah,
1: also, all you've got, you know, you've got people in countries like India um, and other places around the world, whether it's America, Canada and stuff, who want to read a phantom comic, um, it gives them the oh, Fru is still publishing it. Oh, they're online. Oh, there's the website. Oh, look at that, we can get a subscription.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so it's just, you know, it allows people to be able to I see it on Facebook. Someone goes, Oh, I wish I could read a you know, read it through and it's like, um Here's their website. You can go get a subscription from them. They're like, oh, oh, I didn't know you can do that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's great. And you know, on Facebook, you know, they've been, um, uh, you know, giving everyone sneak previews of the covers. And, mm-hmm you know, and stuff like that. And, it, you know, it's good. It keeps people interested. It's like, oh, there's a Fru this this coming Thursday. Okay, I must, must go to the newsagent or I must go to the comic book shop or, yep. you know, it, it, it's good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even for international fans that may not necessarily want to buy the through issues, they're just curious about how the fandom is represented overseas. And that's, you know, it's really cool. That gives you them a little insight. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to all kinds of people, which is great. So, um. There's that, and then the next part, which is the main thing we want to talk about, is Fru has decided to contact Egmont to get more unpublished stories. Now, Jermaine, you were kind of the one that broke this story, so I'll let you... Oh, I don't
1: know if I it. broke it. Dudley, <laughs> let's give him due credit. Dudley broke it in, um, what was it, Fru... Um, Fru 1726... Um, so I'll just quickly read it out um, for, those of you in, for those of you who are in the search of something fresh the great news is that I have persuaded my counterpart at Egmont to dig through his archive and start a flow of early semic slash Egmont stories that have never seen the printing press nor the light of day here in Australia
0: yeah that's these awesome. will
1: start to filter into production very soon now for some of you who are clever duckies <laughs> you would know that one of those stories has already been published, which was The Lightning Egg. We'll go into that in a bit more detail. But first of all, now, this is something that, for those who know Joe and I either through the podcast, and Steve, of course, through the podcast or on Facebook, we have been getting on our high horse about this for oh, for years. Yep.
0: At least since episode one, anyway. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, and even previously yeah, before previously that, we've that. been talking about it for years. Yeah, and and we've done dissections and stuff on Facebook and on the podcast where it's like you know, oh, we're reviewing seven issues and four of them are all contain old stories and stuff like that. And you know, Dudley told me, you know, you know, again, this is the conversation we had. I said, you know, I reckon it's great that you've done that, and he says, well, yeah, you know, we listen. We, I'm the same as you. I don't want. You know, I can't. It's a disservice giving people old stuff all the time. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's brilliant to me. It shows that one Dudley listens to the fans. He has time for the fans, and three. You know, he wants to make money, and yeah. to make money, you gotta do something that the the that the, the paying customers want, and the paying yeah. customer wants. New stories. They don't want old stories all the time. That was the reason why Fru did it in the first place back in the 70s or 80s. And they've just done another step up. And it's like, well, hang on, no. You know, we need to do more. So let's contact Egmont. And, you know, credit needs to go to Egmont as well because it will be easy for them just to say, nah.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. You know, um, that's that's just too much hard work. But for them both to get together and say what can we do for the Australian slash English reader? Let's give them some unpublished stories. Now, the stories may not be as good as some of the newer stuff, but, you know, the way we saw it in 1729, where it's a backup issue, a backup story where, you know, it's brilliant. And like what we've discussed previously, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, how is Fru going to handle... Um, shorter stories from Egmont. I think 1729, issue 1729, answers that question. They're not going to give us less pages. They're going to give us more pages.
0: Which is brilliant, because it would have been easy to go, oh, Egmont's cut their page count. We'll just do the same.
1: Exactly. Now, now, every other, almost every other... uh, comic book in the world cuts back pages. Yep. You know, uh, the Norway Egmont one has not only cut back pages, but but uh, Norway has actually cut back issues. Instead of 24, they're now down to 12. Yeah. Um, you know, Sweden has done the same. Not down to 12, but they've cut down a few. They've cut down news stories. They've cut down the pages on the stories. Um, you know, we're through. Through, like, no, uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to still keep thirty-one page, thirty-one issues a year, and we're going to give the, we're going to give the the user the, you know, the buyer, the whatever you want to call yourself, we're going to give them more. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, I don't know many people that are going to do that. That do that. that do that.
0: No, um, and and even if they kept the thirty-six pages, they could have filled it with. Filled it with filler stuff, you know, like like, did you know things and you know, which is it's fun from time to time, but to have you know you would have to have like
1: four or five pages of that in every issue. Yeah. You would have to have all two of that, you know, an old advert and two pages of the fandom letters. Now I don't know if how many letters through get, but you know I don't want to be paying I don't want to be paying for that. No. I'll I'll rather pay $4.50 and get two news stories.
0: Yes, exactly. Now, something I I would uh, like to ask the fans that are listening, is there anyone out there that isn't happy with the price increase? Because this is something we've talked about a little bit before. Um, And people are always, you know, iffy about spending more money, which is totally natural. Now, it's only a dollar more, and you get, what is it, eight extra pages um so personally for me that's great value but i'm sure there are some people out there that might be struggling to pay bills pay rent buy food you know whatever so if there's anyone that has an alternate view on this we'd, we'd love to hear from you
1: exactly to be fair to everyone so you know we'll let everyone so if yeah if you've if you don't like it let us know and we'll you know um we won't tell you where to go we'll actually listen to you and <laughs> Put your um, opinion on the podcast as well. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just thought those two two new things about you know extending the pages um, and also uh, getting unpublished stories. I, I thought that was brilliant. Um, you know, praise has to go to Fru and Dudley and oh, uh, you know Judith and the other people that um that make calls and stuff and. Um, you know, when I was talking to Dudley about it, he says, you know, it will be a disservice to cut the pages. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think that the highest praise I can give Dudley and Fru at the moment is, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, for a long time I stopped buying Fru. Um This is when Jim was Jim Shepard was still running. I stopped buying them because the stories were consistently crap, the covers were horrendous, the print, co- the print quality was worse. Um, But things things started to improve. They still weren't amazing, but they started to improve. Um, Then there was that shift between um, Jim's son and Dudley, which, you know, of course, when things are moving around in a company that much, there's going to be, you know, a, a few things that go astray, which is fair enough, and I totally understand that. But since Dudley's taken over... This is the first time in a long, 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 long time that I've actually been excited when each Fru issue comes out. Yeah. Now, honestly, I'm not going to buy issues that are reprinting stories I already have because, well, I've already talked about that ad nauseum, so I won't go into that again. But when a new issue comes out, especially um, one like 1729, where it's not only a new story, but it's two new stories, and they've done the exact opposite of what makes quote-unquote Smart business sense and and increase the pages. I mean that's just awesome. I'm so excited for what Fru's doing at the moment. I can't wait for the next couple of issues.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see what stories we're gonna get.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. Um, now you know, um, you know there was there was some stuff that uh, that was interesting. Quite with um, you know Dudley talked about about you know. a he actually talked to me about 1729 and stuff like that um, in the dinner before it was released and all that. But, um, yeah, there was some other stuff which we will uh, talk to him about with this interview that we're uh, going to be organising with him and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I guess, you know, it, it was good. Yeah, um, it's really good.
0: It's really so, good. So, yeah. Uh, um not
1: praise, and let's go on to the issues, eh?
0: Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so well, we'll talk about 1729 a bit more, but we'll do them in issue order. So, we've had a fair few issues come out um, since the last new issue uh, episode, so we'll start obviously with the first, which is 1722, A Plague in Venice. Um, I really like this story.
1: Really? You I, do know it's a um, historical story. I,
0: I do know it's a historical story, and <laughs> I must admit, again to Fru's uh, praise, I saw the cover on the shelf and went, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Picked it up, flipped through it, and went, oh, it's historical. But then I went, that art, Hans Lindel, that art is really, really nice. So I decided to pick it up anyway, uh, and I'm glad I did, because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so... So made. this was
1: the last, I think we covered this in a previous podcast, but this was the last story that yes. Hans Lindell has done.
0: Yes, it is, which is a shame because you go through this and his artwork is so beautiful. It's going to be a shame mm. not to see these this art in the comics anymore, mm. but it's good that he went out on a good story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, having said that, as much as I enjoyed it, there are a couple of... Just quirky things going on, which we'll get to, but um, Jermaine, did you enjoy it?
1: I did, I did. Um, it was... It was an enjoyable story. Um, there was a lot of things that I'm not sure about and a lot of things that I'm still scratching my head about, <laughs> you know, almost, what, when it come out? You know, a couple of months ago, eight issues ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, the second fan... You know, people say that women are vain and fickle creatures and stuff, but I have obviously have never met the Second Phantom. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. He, he falls he falls into and out of love quicker than a um, quicker than a schoolgirl. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, he's he's head over heels for that um for the bad girl, head over heels, absolutely dishes his future wife, and then in the space of a couple of panels, nah, he realizes that he loves her and then marries her. It was, yeah.
0: Now, well, let's not get ahead of, ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's explain this for those that may not have the issue with them because it's bagged and boarded appropriately in their comic box. Um, uh-huh. They don't want to pull it out. So as the story suggests, uh, the, the story takes place in Venice during the plague. Uh, the Phantom has decided to go on a trip to find himself a wife because he's feeling old and he's worried that he won't be able to produce a hair to carry on the Phantom line. So he goes on a trip, and while he's on the boat, he meets this beautiful woman um, called Eleanor, who he instantly falls in love with, like Jermaine says, and has basically made up his mind that he's going to marry this woman. Uh, Then Plague breaks out on the ship. They have to go into port at Venice, where they get quarantined. So they're stuck in quarantine for a long while. Um, Eventually, the Phantom is released, and he tries to find Eleanor, to proclaim his love for her, which eventually he does, and she turns him down, <laughs> um, and of course he's distraught. So very strangely for the fandom, he goes into a depressive slump for a while. Um, but eventually he goes, no, I need to need to track her down. I need to convince her that she needs to marry me. So she goes, he goes to where he believes she lives, uh, finds her handmaiden. Whose name is um what is her name? What is her name?
1: Oh, don't know mate. Don't let's know, you, man. No, let's just comments. let's
0: just let's just leave it with with handmaiden. Um so he finds a handmaiden who who says to the Phantom that she loves him and he goes, No, nah, I'm in love with the other chick, bugger off.
1: As, her name is Elena. Oh her and, name's uh, Elena. Something. the other one was Lucia.
0: Oh, Lucia. Okay, sorry, I got the names confused. So the handmaid is Alina, and the other lady is Lucia. So um, he tells Alina to bugger off. He loves Lucia. He goes and finds Lucia and finds out that she's actually the wife of this very despicable guy. Um, the Phantom and the despicable boy, guy get into a bit of a biffo. Um, and just as he's about to slay the Phantom, it turns out the despicable bloke has the plague, and he collapses. Uh, the Phantom decides he cannot m- marry Lucia because she's evil, and turns around to, to Eleanor and goes, "Right, let's, hit, let's hook up." <laughs> it was just hilarious. Like seriously, it's
1: um yeah, it, and then you turn around, and then in the last panel, it's like um uh you know she became his first wife, mm. but. It was his fourth wife, Anne, who gave birth to the son who would become the third phantom,
0: yeah, so between this <laughs> and that he's another couple of wives, like, oh my God, this dude,
1: <laughs> I want to know where all the wives went,
0: yeah, I reckon
1: did he was it like a case of sister wives, yeah, maybe, well like, you know, where it's just like, well, you know it's the, you know early seventeen hundreds, um. You might get a little bit lonely, so I'll marry yeah. a couple of other uh, white women and bring them over so you got someone to talk to her.
0: Yeah, well, he, and, did, he did meet her in France. She's probably French, you know. They're into some funky stuff, apparently. Yeah. I don't know, but it was just weird. It was. It very was. Strange. Like it,
1: was a, it was a good story. It had, it had some great action. It had some good moral... Um, things like you know, like you like you kind of see the best and the worst of like religion yep. in that moment. Like you know, you have you know you, you, your wackos, and, and so you know it had had a lot of elements in it. But yep. I just can't get past the fickleness of the Phantom, Phantom. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. And even the twist with Eleanor being uh, turning out to be the wife of the bad guy was really good. You just there was no hint yeah. further in the story that that was going to happen. So it was a really cool twist, but yeah, him just casting aside this woman and then going back to the other one that he had previously cast aside, it was just, yeah. It was a bit much. What did you think of his the second fandom's kind of depressive slump that he had?
1: Um, well, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be harsh to the people who do suffer from depression. Um, You know, I, I you know I've dealt with people you know close to me that have had depression and stuff like that so I don't want to you know like um play it down and all that but I guess it's good to see the fan and uh, dealing with real issues yeah um, but I don't know the second fan in this issue it seems to be like a whip
0: yeah, no, I was thinking about this before we were recorded because, um, like we mentioned, we did try and record this episode previously, but it didn't work, so we have to redo it now. And between the last failed recording and this one, I was thinking about this story and why the Phantom's depression in it or depressiveness in it bugs me so much. Now, like you, Jermaine, I have nothing against people with depression. I know people with depression. It's you know a terrible thing if you've got it, and people like that really need support. The problem with this story, for me, is the reason yeah. he's depressed. He gets depressed first off because he's locked up in um, in quarantine because of the plague. Now, to me... The that's fandom, understandable. Well, to, to me, the fan would go, right, that's, this is something we have to get through, and I need to help the other people here. He wouldn't get true, depressed true. because he sort of goes off to the church and has a soul and stuff. And then he gets depressed over... Um, you know, what's her name saying, no, I don't love you, which again is fair enough to get upset about. Have Diana. you never
1: been so in love with someone, mate, when she rejects you, you get into it, you get a little bit moody.
0: No, I have, and I understand that, <laughs> but this is beyond that. The way he carries on, and remember, it isn't a, supposed to be an adventure story, and we have seen the current Phantom, especially in the earlier Lee Fork stuff, get upset when Diana would not, you know, agree to go back to the cave for a night or whatever. But he would get on with things. But this Phantom, he just seems to, I don't know, just sort of stuck there. And
1: Now, I know what you're saying. It didn't like feel this...
0: authentic, I guess.
1: Yeah, and every other Phantom story I've read featuring the second Phantom, he's not like that. Mm. So, that's probably my biggest thing is it's kind of like... Now, whenever I think of the second Phantom, I'm thinking of some, you know, emo goth who... Um... <laughs> You know who, who, who you know who, um, basically, you know, has lots of wives, yeah. Um, but oh, I remember reading some of the other fandom stories, and the second fandom was not like that at all. No. So it's, it is it is it just a like a once off, or is it something that we now have to? Think about when it's the second Phantom, or yeah. are we just <clears throat> totally overthinking it?
0: Yeah, you know, if if and I think that's the thing. It's like you say, it's it's a complete change for the character. If we had a Phantom who part of his character was that he suffered from depression, I would not have a problem with it. I think that's kind of an interesting story idea, even you know, for a, for a hero to have that side to them, but just in this because it sort of came so out of left field it seemed so like you say out of place based on what we'd previously seen of the character and it seemed to happen in situations where traditionally that character would you know pull be the the force that pulls everyone together to survive that situation yeah it just didn't feel right if that if that makes sense
1: yeah but um It's a good story where, you know, you still are unsure about it, you're still thinking about it, Mm. you know, seven, eight issues before a couple of months ago. So, you know, credit must go to the creative team that have created a story that leaves probably more questions Mm. than answers and we're still eagerly discussing it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And and I suppose,
0: too, thinking about it, maybe... You know the writers only have what is it, thirty, thirty-four pages or so to fit their story in. So that it's 24 quick twenty-four now. Twenty-four now, but when this was done, there was about thirty, thirty yeah, odd yeah. anyway. So they only have a limited amount of space. So you know maybe that was the reason for the quick switch around and love interest. They only had because that really only happens on the last page and a half, sort yeah. of thing. So maybe they just ran out of room. Um, I don't know. But but even if it was like a series of the second Phantom falls in love and, you know, he goes and pursues all these women with a few inter- adventures happening between, you know, that might have worked
1: even better, but, yeah, I, I don't well, know. Well, Star Baron did romance novels, so, That's um, true. you That's know, true. why can't the fandom be in a couple of romance novels? Might get some um, more interest in the female um, well, audience. There,
0: there's a few Lee Falk stories that would give days of our lives a run for its money, so, you know, it's, it's not without precedent but yeah <laughs> no, it, it's a good it's a good issue it's a good story it's just interesting I guess it's yeah it's, it's kind of quirky but I enjoyed it it was fun it was fun right well I think we've talked about that one for enough
1: and for you to say that for a historical story you yeah know. Ex-
0: well it didn't bang on with like my I think I've said this thing before my problem is they bang on with so much history that and it sort of gets in the way of the story I just think it needs to be interwoven better, which this one did. Like, it was obviously the plague. It was obviously in um, Paris. They let a lot of the artwork do the telling about the time period.
1: Which yeah, oh, it's think... Venice. Yeah. Paris is actually a town, not a country, but there
0: Oh, what did I say? <laughs> you be said Paris. Oh, well, well it's, you know what I mean. Um... <laughs>
1: Paris and Venice are both part of France.
0: Yes. Um, I'll shut up. <laughs> but, yeah, the artwork did a lot of the telling of the historical side of things, which I think worked better. Mm. But, um, no, it was good. It was good. So, anyway.
1: 1723, mate.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mystery of Cape Cod. So, I didn't pick this up because I obviously already have this story, um, as good a story as it is. Did you pick up the issue?
1: Yeah, I picked it up. It's um, sealed. Yeah. Um <laughs> I haven't opened it, to be truthfully honest. Um, I didn't mind it. Now... The story's good, like, you know, the story... If you haven't read it, the story's worth, you know, picking up and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's featuring a character that resembles Lee Fork. Yeah, uh, it's a typical. Fun. It's a typical story from the period where it was originally created and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to waste too much time on it. I do have a question, though.
0: Mm. Yeah?
1: Should fru use the original cover... Or should they have done a recreated cover? And was it a case of a Catch-22, where if they use used the original cover, it's like, oh, they're just being lazy. Mm. And then if they create a new cover, it's like, oh, why didn't they use the original cover?
0: Yeah, I think it is a Catch-22, because I think people are going to have feelings about both. Um, personally, I think both covers are good, but if I had to pick one... I would go with the original Glenn Ford cover, especially if they redid the colouring so the colouring was more modern and vibrant and all that sort of stuff. Um,
1: yeah. That's where I sit as well. Like, out of the two, you lay them next to each other. I prefer the original. Yeah. But I think they, they did the right choice in doing a new cover.
0: Yeah, it is a nice cover.
1: Yeah, because I think... If they had done the original cover, it would have just looked, oh, they're just being, you know, they're yeah. just being lazy.
0: And also I think the title strip at the top on the older issues wasn't as... Uh, is is bigger. So whether the artwork would have fit as well, because yeah, Glenn true. Ford probably drew it for that... Well, he would have drawn it for that format. So whether it would have fit as well on the new yeah. format covers, I, I don't know, but... um. Yeah, it, like yeah, I think so it's, it was just
1: it was just an interesting question. I thought.
0: Yeah, like you say, it's a catch twenty two for free, mm. but it is a nice cover the new one. So
1: you
0: know. yeah. And if you're so a, we'll... if you're a collector, maybe you can think of it as a variant cover or something. <laughs> Does
1: that mean it's worth more?
0: I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, um, let's move on to the next one. So, seventeen twenty four, the medicine man's daughter. Um. This no, I enjoyed this this is good this was a good story yeah so basically it harks back to um, the old medicine men tales the uh, what, what I can't think of the the name of the story it escapes me but where the Phantom basically makes it look like he's flying the flying horse with or while riding hero yeah,
1: um, yeah it's Wilson old old, McCoy' story yeah
0: so it arcs back to that, which is, which is a really nice little link um, to the history of the Phantom. And basically, one of the witch doctors involved in that story, who had been cast out of the jungle by the Phantom, comes back to ask for the Phantom's help, um, because his grandson has been abducted by some neer wells And of course, the Phantom goes, well, you're a bit of a tool, but because it's your grandson, I'm going to help you out anyway, and the adventure starts from there. The best thing about this story... Other twists. Other twists. It starts out like just any normal phantom story where he's going to rescue a mother and her daughter. And then there's the twist at the end. And you do not see it coming and you just go, that is awesome. (laughs) It's a really good storytelling. Um I, I suppose, so shall we
1: say what the twist is?
0: Yeah, I, I think we have to because it doesn't. It's hard to talk about how good the story is without mentioning it. So if you haven't yeah. read this issue, you might want to stop the episode now. But basically, what happens is the Phantom goes to uh, the main villain's house where the the medicine man's daughter and his granddaughter are being held captive and rescues the. Um, well, attempts to rescue the daughter, but just before he can get there, the daughter pulls the gun out from the blanket that she was holding her baby wrapped up in and shoots the villain of the piece. And it turns out that it had been a huge plan of the daughter this whole time to take over basically the mafia of Bengala. Um, And she doesn't want the grandchild at all. She kind of used that as a, oh, I'm a, you know, to make them think she was a poor, helpless woman. Um, it's just a complete twist. The whole story, she seems to be the damsel in distress, and then at the end, she changes completely yeah. and is absolutely a horrible bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, put it, not, to put it bluntly. But yeah. it's kind of like, and the artist did a really good job, like, you know, throughout the whole story... She's meek, she's mild, she's got her head down. And then there's, you know, on page 27, her face kind of changes. And then it kind of changes a little bit more on page 28. And then, you know, page 31, she shoots him. And then by page 32, you know, she lights the cigarette and, you know, the baby's down somewhere. And it's just like, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like, She's possessed, and it's like a whole Jekyll and Doctor Hyde scenario where yeah, it is. she almost changes instantly. Mm-hmm. And I now maybe I'm not as smart as some others who picked this whole twist up and all that, but I did not pick the twist.
0: No, I didn't see it coming at all. I and I, I'm,
1: I'm reading it, and I'm going, you know, I, I enjoyed the story because there was funny elements with, you know, like the mobile phone and technology and. Um, and stuff like that, but the twist was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh it's finished, oh my yeah. gosh, oh my gosh, you know, I, I did not see that happening, I did not see that happening.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you go from, you know, feeling very sorry for this woman, to absolutely hating her, because the Phantom says, you know, um, what are you going to do the, with the baby, and she basically says, do whatever you want, I don't care, you know, yeah. and she doesn't care about her poor dying father, and all this sort of stuff, she's just a horrible woman through and through, so it was really good, and then, it sets up, because she has taken over, basically, like I said, the Bengali mafia. It sets mm. up for all these future stories.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and, and, and the thing with the story is that there's so many twists that you almost um, you almost miss some of the other stuff. Like, there's yeah. the, um, uh, you know, there was the, the Hotel Excelsior...
0: Yep, which is the um, sign-off uh, sign word that Stan Lee uses.
1: You know, there's the um, you know, there's the, there's the the whole discussion he has with the little bellboy and stuff like that. You know, like, oh, dogs aren't allowed. Oh, it's not a dog, it's a wolf. Oh, we don't allow wild animals. And, oh, he's tame as a dog. And, you know, so there's that. You know, there's the mobile phone, which, you know, he's sneaking up on a bad guy. And then it rings and... Um, and you know, so there's all these little, all these little, um, elements that you read and you notice and it's like, oh, this is really cool, really cool. And then it's kind of like, because of the twist, you're kind of like, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I love the, um, little comments about the Phantom being a, you know, an old fuddy duddy and not knowing how technology works. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Or, um, when the, um, when the devil and, um, Wolf go out of the hotel and there's this old, uh, old couple and they're like, oh, oh no, come Robert, this is not the hotel for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, because there's dogs and costume men in there. Yeah.
1: So, it's, um, it's a really enjoyable story. It's, it's like, it's definitely, it's gritty because, you know, there's lot of action and there's... You know, um you know, people, you know, shooting guns and people getting skull marked and you know, and stuff like that. And but it's it's a good fun story.
0: Yeah, it really is. It
1: really it's like is. a good action flick, mm-hmm. which, you know, you watch for entertainment purposes. Yeah. And it's like you read this comic for an entertainment purpose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes with all the Marvel yeah, stuff. Yeah, if we see her again. Yeah, if we see her again. Right, well, let's um, let's move on to next issue, which is 1725, Raiders of the Lost City, part one. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, oh, the
1: City, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Now, there's no arcs in this story. Um, once again, a very nice cover, very nice cover. It's a wraparound cover. Yes, it is a wraparound, which is even better. Hopefully, for all, will make a poster out of it, if you're listening, Dudley. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, it is, in all honesty, a very nice cover. So, it's another, though, it is another Lost City story, which we have seen so
1: many times. Yeah, it is a bit like that. Yeah, the artwork can't save it, unfortunately.
0: No, the artwork is really nice, and I do like uh, Minerva Brooks. I really like her as a character. Um, so, you know, it's kind of cool that she's See, I find it. her annoying. Oh, really? I, I like her. No, I find I like her, her
1: annoying.
0: Oh, that's fair enough. Um, the fandom gets beat up a fair bit, which, you know, is always fun. Um, there's lots of horrible stuff ha- happening. Um, an oil... Yeah, cum- and
1: then there's the typical white explorer that, you know, takes over and... Oh, I don't know, like...
0: Yeah, and there's the, the, uh, the previous... Explorer who went to find the city and thought he had and got lost somehow and now has gone a bit crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's very kind of paint by numbers, but the artwork is very nice. I will give it that.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, I don't think the art, I don't think the artwork saves the story.
0: No, I don't. Don't think so either. And this whole thing about finding an energy source because of these two um, idols, I think is just a bit. Stupid, oh, like it. It's what's never what's really... worse
1: is the part two ending. But we'll get to yeah, we'll get to that.
0: We'll get to so. that. We'll get to that. Um, it's never really explained why the idols are powerful or conduct energy. I know they've appeared in the previous stories, and maybe it says in there. I can't remember the previous stories to be honest. Um, so that probably suggests how rem- memorable they were. Yeah. But yeah, not not apart from the cover and the artwork. It's not a great issue. Like, the story itself is not wonderful. Nah. So, so we'll it, move on. We'll move on. Um, okay, so, issue 1727 is another one of the um, Re- replica series. So, in this issue, we have The Seahorse, Part 1, Queen, Sansomore. Oh, you've got
1: 17... 1726, which oh, is... I did too.
0: Sorry, The Mystery of the Golden Rune Part 1, Pirates of the Arctic, which is, again, a reprint, so I didn't pick this up. Did you pick it up?
1: Yeah, I picked it up. Um, so, however, I must admit, um, even though it's a reprint, it it's one of the better stories yeah. that um, I believe... One of the best sagas we've ever, we've ever had. Yeah. And if I have to reprint some stuff, I'd rather it be of this quality than some of the other stuff we've gotten recently.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, I Like I said, I don't buy issues that I've already got the stories on. I remember reading this and really enjoying it. Having said that, if... It was reprinted in one volume, so yeah. as you know, instead of the the reprint, uh, sorry, the replica issue having those th- those four different stories, if it had all four parts of this story in the one volume, yeah, I'd pick it up straight away. Yeah, but I'm not going to get you know individual issues of stories I've already got. But that's you know a discussion we've kind of already had.
1: Yeah, now but it is a good story. For those who haven't read the story, it's it's got it's got great artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, it's carrie lepan who does great historical artwork it's um uh it delves in history of the phantom um there's know, in it There's horror yeah there's uh, a pretty girl that the phantom has to rescue um you know it's very typical in various parts like for instance you know the phantom has to rescue his son or someone who's in trouble and Um, you know, then they get captured and then he has to fight his way out and he fights a a giant polar bear. Now, in this (laughs) case, a polar bear works because it is in the Arctic. Yeah, Um, not just just, some
0: African nation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we just thought we'll uh, throw that one in after our Moonstone issue. Um, But, yeah, I, I must admit, this whole Bale, Abel, this whole dude, he I love the story. It's great, but he surely he could come up with a quicker way of um, of uh, getting, you know, without having to go through all this stuff over, the you know, 400 years.
0: Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> um,
1: you know, but it's an enjoyable story. It's, um, you know, I, I enjoy it, you know, and I, whenever I get this, I actually pick it up and read it. That's how much I enjoy it, is that I'm reading the story again because yeah. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's as big a praise as I think you could give any story. If you're willing to, you know, pick it up again and buy it twice and reread it, then... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. you know,
1: and, and it's good that they are actually... Um, you know, so obviously we've still got the Collector for series, which is the next one, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're republishing stories, but as we have discussed you know, they are actually looking at other sources as well. So, you know, that's good. Um, You know, again, seventeen twenty six, 26, this is one of Jeremy uh, McPherson's covers. Um, The the colouring, again, leaves a little bit to desire, but um, I guess we've already touched upon that. Um, It looks like there's pink... um, I'm assuming it's either rock or... um, uh, ice, seeing so it's in the Arctic. Um, now I've heard of yellow snow when you're <laughs> it, um, but I'm not really sure about pink. Maybe um, I don't know. Maybe uh, his costume kind of leaked out or something. Yeah, like it that, got wet in the right? colour. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it runs. You know, when you when you wash it with the whites or something, yeah. or um, or, his, or he dropped his lipstick or you know <laughs> something like that, but. You know, we, we've discussed that sometimes, you know, in our last issue where the, the colour guides aren't always followed. Mm. Um, so it will be something that I wouldn't mind asking uh, Jeremy when in you're interviewing. But, um, yeah, I, I was happy to, a long story short, a long bit to cut down in one sentence, I was happy that they were republishing A Golden Rune rather than other stories.
0: Yeah. No, it is it is a good story. It is a good story. Right. Well, um, like I said, uh, 1727 is the replica issue. Uh, the Seahorse Part One, Queen Sansamura, uh, Sansamore, sorry, and the Six Man and the Gr- Girk Twins uh, is contained in that issue. Um, of course, I did not pick it up. Did you pick it up, Jermaine?
1: I picked it up. Um, yep. You know, I love the the thickness of the cover. Mm-hmm um you know it's kind of fun uh looking at some of the old adverts and and stuff like that but i find it hard and we've said it a million times so you know i don't think we need to harp too much on it i find it hard spending ten dollars on something that the quality is not good the stories are edited um, you know, yeah. half the time they're not even completed stories as well. It's I find it a little bit hard needing to spend ten bucks on something like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. But but you know, again, if it was the same thing um, with that thicker quality cover and all that sort of stuff, but with all four parts of the Golden Rune, would you pick it up?
1: All five parts, yeah. Uh, yeah. Five parts of is it? so? yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, well, instead I picked of
1: up this one. to
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Collection and stuff like that. But so, you know, um,
0: instead of through replica edition, maybe it could be through collected edition, and you know.
1: But I don't know. Here, here's a question, and maybe this is a question for Dudley after we've discussed it. But they're going to do 200 down to one, right? Mm-hmm. Can they stop it after number five or number six? I or or have they kind of painted themselves in a book where? in a corner where they have to see it through for the next 45 years or however long it's going to take to get down to number one.
0: Um, To be honest...
1: The or do most... they stop at, like, 150 and, you know, kind of cut it early. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think the most honest answer is going to be it'll be dictated by the back pocket. So if Fru aren't making money on them, then they'll probably cut it. Um, If people are whinging and bitching about it like we have been but are still picking it up to fill in their collection, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with because I have done it with uh, various series including The Phantom in in the past, then they're still making that money back so they will still print them. So, yeah, I, I don't know, like Dudley, like we've said, Dudley is very aware of what fans are saying, he is listening to it, so if enough fans are saying, well, I'm only really buying it to put, you know, so my, my collection is consecutive, then maybe he'll think, oh, well, this isn't working, Or we'll try something else. Um, but it's a good question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, that's maybe something we could... Ask Dudley. I don't know if he'd like to answer it
1: though. (laughs) Yeah, he might just say, "Uh, "Next question." Yeah, yeah, Um, exactly. But it it's 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 kind of like it's it's almost another catch twenty two. It's it's like you know if they continue it's they're continuing you know maybe flogging a dead horse Mm -hmm. and we don't we don't know what the sale figures are. The sale figures could be that. People are buying two of it because they see the word collectors and yeah, exactly. you know they think it's good you know and they really love it and stuff like that. So you know we may be in the minority here. Yeah, we may be. But the thing um, is
0: too, the other question it brings up is, what does that these replica issues mean for the annual? Because the annual has traditionally been mostly reprints. So if you've already got a series that is specialising in reprints, why are you going to then fill your annual? With reprints, you New know. stories. Well, hopefully, maybe that's where all the new Egmont stuff that they're hoping to get will go. That would be awesome. I would totally buy the annual again if that's what happened. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's still an interesting thing, and I'm sure that they've thought about that. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait until the end of the year, I guess, to find out. And,
1: and I think it's I think it's it's good is you know I think it's good not only for us to kind of not just to you know. Everyone who's listened to at least one of our podcasts knows we don't like it, mm-hmm. but I think I think it's good that we're kind of asking these questions because, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's a hard one. I'll um, I'll be interested to know if there is an answer to it and and what maybe what the sales are for. It. Yeah. Because I guess at the end of the day, like you said, the sales. Will determine.
0: Yeah, well, Fru traditionally has not released their sale numbers. Um, I'd be surprised if Dudley was going to change that because it is something I can see a business wanting to keep to their chest. Even if there are really good numbers, you know, it's I can understand why a business would want to keep that information to themselves. So whether we'll ever find out, I don't know. But um, mm. yeah, no, it, it is interesting. It's an interesting series that poses interesting problems, I think um but anyway let, let's move on so 1728 is the mystery of the golden rune part two and funnily enough i've got it in the notes here as the misery of the golden rune um but i didn't i didn't do that intentionally uh, so part two the garden of death um i suppose we could just basically repeat our comments for part one yeah um yeah, great story again
1: you know it's a, it's, a, it's it's an interesting story it's um Features is it the third Phantom I, I think, think so. features third or yeah no this one's the third because there's like different Phantoms and different parts yeah
0: and that's another cool story that uh, cool part of the story that it covers you know multiple generations of Phantom
1: yeah yeah it, it really um this one was this whole saga it kind of brought out a few different sagas which followed the same format where the Phantom dealt with situations in different generations and in the current generation or the current 21st family kind of solved the problem. So, you know, we had this one. We had... Um, oh, what were some of the other ones? Talking about memory, Blake. Uh, we had the Devil's Library. We had yep. the Triads. Uh, the Spear uh, of Destiny, I think,
0: sp- does that too, doesn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, the Spear of Destiny. So, you know, we had all of these other ones, which like the multi-part sagas, which...
0: The Ibis and,
1: Mystery? Yeah, the Ibis Mystery. So, you know... It, it was great having those. And this was, well, from what I can remember, this was like the first one of those. Yeah. Um, part two is interesting. It features the third. You know, there's um, um <laughs> there's a real uh, Aladdin twist. Like, you know, there's a genie and, you know, he gets three wishes. And there's a bit of humour and it's like, you freed me. You know, he's picked him up out of the boat. You freed me and now you can have three wishes. And the Phantom goes... I wish you'd put me down and stop rocking the boat. And he goes, "Uh, that's a that's a big waste of a wish, in my opinion." Yeah. Uh, so you know, so you know, there's, there's a little bit of humor. Um, you know, the family gets caught by slave traders. You know, gets sold to a princess. Sing and what I find interesting about it is that you know she's wearing a veil, even though she's like um you know very i modestly dressed, and it's kind of yeah. like, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of humorous, and, you know, um, you know, he gets his eyes taken out, and then he, you know, has to rescue people, and, um, yeah, it, it's a fun story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good series. It's a good story. And the artwork's good in this as well, again. You know, it's Carrie Le Pen as well. And so, yeah, no, they're, they're, it's a good, fun story. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, let's move on to the last issue we've got to cover. This is the big one, issue 1728, which includes Raiders of the Lost City Part 2.
1: 1729.
0: Uh, what did I say? 28, sorry. <laughs> seventeen oh, I'm having a shocker tonight. 1729, Raiders of the Lost City Part 2 and the Lightning Egg. Um, before we get on to the stories themselves, we should say that the cover, again, is... Brilliant! I really like this cover. It's not wraparound this time, but it's still very cool.
1: Yeah. Now Dudley did say he, um, uh, you know, he said he enjoyed, he was happy with the outcome of his cover, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he made a bit of a, a cheeky remark that um, you know that, uh, that he listens to us when we comment on his covers and. Yeah. And he kind of was like, now I'd like to hear your comments on this cover or, or something along those lines. So, no, I, I agree. It's very, it's very cool. And it's very apt because there's, um, and whether this was, because it was created by Egmont first. And yeah. know, Egmont also did a, a cover with dinosaurs and stuff. And whether it's, it's tying in with the Jurassic World. Yeah, um, I had that thought ENV too. And stuff like that. And if it is, it's smart. In yeah, my totally. Totally. Because, you know, dinosaurs are all cool all of a sudden. So, you know, if you're at the newsagent while your is picking up, you know, the latest uh, the gossip rag and stuff to try and spice up your boring life. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Now we're insulted, insulted housewives. Thanks, mate. <laughs> well, they call them desperate housewives for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the kid's got to be going, oh, cool, comic of dinosaurs. Yeah. And, you know, and... Hopefully it means they're going to pick it up, and it's you know forty-four pages, two stories, and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's it, it, yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's a good cover. Yeah,
0: exactly. So this is the first issue with the um, un, previously unpublished Phantom uh, stories in it to fill in the gap that is left by the l- less number of pages that Edmont Egmont, sorry is now doing. Um, so, we'll talk about each of the stories in, in a minute, um, but it's also got a Did You Know in there, which is kind of cool, and of course the final pages, um, showing us what's coming up, and it feels like it's a, you know, I, I feel that it's really good value for money, you got two stories that covers really nice, extra eight pages, I think it's great.
1: Yeah, no, I, um, when Dudley told me about it, um, because, you know, we, we, we raised what our fruit are we going to do on previous podcasts? Yeah,
0: um,
1: and you know, uh, you know, because uh, we 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 raised the potential issue over a year ago when we had Andreas on, mm-hmm. um, and this was the first time there's a shorter page story. Yeah. So, you know, I know we were all, and we've talked about it in so many podcasts, you know, everyone's probably sick and tired of hearing us talk about but, you know, what is free going to do? And that was one of the questions I asked him. You know, I asked Dudley, what are you going to do with shorter page stories? And he said, well, you know, we could have cut the pages, but that's a disservice to the loyal readers. So we're going to chuck another story in it. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, it means that, you know, a couple of them are going to, you know, be um, larger, larger issues, but, you know, I think it's good. And I'm just like, oh, man, that's awesome. And, yeah. you know, and then I come back and, you know, um, and then we get the story, which has got the two stories, and then I realise it's, a, you know, what the story, what the extra story is, and it's just like, this is brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant.
0: Yeah. Now, this is something interesting I just thought of. Now that we have... And they probably couldn't have done it with this story because of the timing of everything. But now that they know this is happening, do you think that if they do have, say, a two-part story... I don't know if they do it with a three or a four, but with a two-part story... So what if, uh, for example, instead of having the lightning egg in this issue, if they held it off to the, to, uh, the one and had both parts of Raiders of the Lost City in the one comic?
1: Um... I think, in theory, that makes sense. Um, my only concern is that both pages are 21... No, both stories, sorry, are 21 pages each. So if you double them up, that's 42 pages.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then this issue is 40, 44 pages, which means you have to cut out the message from the publisher and then there will be inside and there will be no what the next issue is. So the only other solution... Would be to move it up to a fifty-two page story.
0: Mm, okay.
1: For you to for you to um, uh, add two twenty-one page stories. If that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, fair so
1: enough. So I reckon it, I reckon it could work. Um, and like they did it with the death of Labunga back in like, yeah, they did six or ninety seven. Um, so it's been, so it's been done before and there's precedence for it. Um, or, or, so I don't have anything wrong with that, but then you're probably looking at another dollar. So it will probably be $5.50 for a 52-page one, right? So then he would, you know, that would have to take into account is $2 extra going to, um... Cause people to stop buying it, um, so it's next to. Them, uh, or could they do what they've done here and put in a shorter story? Yeah. Whether it's something like this, which was only what page twenty-five to forty, so that's what fifteen pages.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you've got some of the other shorter, shorter four, five-page sto- uh, stories that Egmont have been producing in the last two years. Could you do something like that, or do you go a 52 page story, which is an extra $2, for example, of every 36 page? Or do you go, or do you try and split up one of the second stories? Yeah. Or do you add in, because let's just say, for instance, which I want to see Heart of Darkness, which was originally designed as a filler back in the 90s, yep. so if they go, well, okay, there's 280 pages to that story, so in every one of these, let's keep it at 44 pages, and we'll add in 15 pages of The Heart of Darkness. Yeah. So then every part would be a new installment of The Heart of Darkness. Now, could that work, or would that just be too disjointed for people as well? Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you think about some of those possible ideas? Um, I think
0: that if they were going to include multiple-part stories in the one issue, I'd probably buy it no matter what the price was. Um, yeah. But I can see that that would be a concern for some people. Um, I would as well. And if they're cons- constantly changing the format, then that would kind of... Well, one it would be annoying for for through themselves, and it would be annoying probably for some readers as well. So, yeah, I don't know it's going to be interesting just to see what they do to make it work, and I'm sure yeah. they've probably figured something out already. Oh, I'm
1: sure they have. But
0: um, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what comes of it.
1: Yeah, it's um, and you know maybe now I don't know how many because the lightning egg story is not a Semic or Eggmont. Created Story. No. It is actually a, spa, a sp- Spada, S-P-A-D-A. Oh, Spada, yeah. Spada. Spada. Created Story, which was a Italian France company. Yeah. And they created stories in the, oh, I believe it was the 60s yeah. and the 70s, I believe.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, that's correct. And
1: um, I think from memory they created about, uh... I think they created Probably about 100 to 200.
0: Oh, uh, a lot more than that. Oh, really? 328, according to the wiki.
1: Okay, well, there you go. So they created that. Now, I don't know how many of those have... And there's also the German Bastille ones as well. And then there's the Brazilian ones as well that have been created. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how many of those have been republished by Egmont because just doing... reading what is in a free comic, it says that these are Egmont, stories from Egmont. So I don't know how many of those stories have been recreated or retouched up for Egmont and now passed on to free. Mm. Um, so I don't, you know, if there's 40 of them that have been done, well, there's, you know, that's, you know, probably three years' worth of... Um, of uh, stuff that, you know, Free's not going to have to worry about because it fits quite nicely in 44 pages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then with the, you know, if you add a couple of those three or four-page stories, you can probably even produce a few 36 pages as well with just those couple of stories added on. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not really sure, but I guess the thing that needs to be said, which we've already said so we won't harp too long on it, is that we're getting more stories rather than less
0: yeah which is always a good thing
1: yeah yeah
0: so well mentioning the stories let's talk about the actual stories that are in the issue so um the first story or the main story if you want to call it that is uh raiders of the lost city part two um we kind of talked about our thoughts on part one um
1: It's very... I don't know.
0: It's not great. It's... it's, Okay, I'm just going to say it. It's terrible. The ending is shocking, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. The artwork's
1: great. The artwork
0: is beautiful, by Alex
1: Saviour. What did you think about the whole dinosaurs and all that?
0: I liked it. I didn't mind it. Um, A Lost Land with... You know, where dinosaurs have been able to survive is sort of an adventure story trope. You know, you've got... Yeah. um, The... Dickens' novel, um, which I think was called Mysterious Island. Um, You've got... I think there's a couple of *Phantom* stories that do it already. You've got Steggy um, wandering around on the Isle of Eden. So, you know, there's a precedent there for dinosaurs to have survived in the *Phantom*'s world. So, yeah, I had no problem with it at all. I I thought it was fun, and I liked that they didn't kind of hide the viciousness of it. Like, you have the raptor jumping out and ripping apart the donkey. Um... You know the the pterodactyls coming in and taking everyone off. So no, I, I liked it, but yeah. it's just the actual story was not. Mixed.
1: I also another thing to like. We'll do the likes. We'll do yep. the do the likes, and then we'll do the negatives. Is I liked um, that there was another strong female in there, yeah. like involved character, um, and it's almost something like you know you could almost see her playing a part in another story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably one th- criticism of the Phantom is there's not a lot of strong female characters. I mean, they are there, but there's just not mm. a great deal of them. Like um, Minerva Brooks, while she's a not good character, I do enjoy her. I know you don't, Jermaine, but she's not exactly who you'd call a strong character. No, um, she's you know as soon as the dinosaurs come out, she starts screaming and running around
1: which I suppose most
0: people would, but the other woman is, like, whacking them with the butt of a rifle and getting in there. She's got
1: bigger balls than
0: us. (laughs) Exactly. I'd be running... I'd be with Minerva, I'd be running around like a girl as well. Uh,
1: I also liked how, like, they used technology, like the drone and stuff like that. Um... I
0: thought it was funny, though, how um, there's a little note when the drone first... Um, appears, they, they call it by whatever the, uh, the, raven. Yeah, they've the raven, the Raven, and then there's a little note under that first panel, the Raven is a drone, even though the next panel clearly explains that it's a drone, I just, yeah, I just I thought, thought that was, I was thought, kind of
1: we, funny, I just would have thought, let's just call it a drone,
0: yeah, like, I, I think it's cool that they've given it the name, the Raven, because, uh, you know, scientific teams often have nicknames for their technology, True, um, but the true. fact that the story dis- you know clearly describes it as a drone, why did you need to put that little note in there? I just thought that was that was weird. But anyway, yeah, maybe crew um, felt it didn't come across clearly. Now enough. I remember
1: talking to Alex and he said he loved drawing the dinosaurs. Oh yeah, um, I bet he did. And I know uh, Dadley said that he had great fun with dinosaurs on the cover as well. So it's um yeah it's. Um, I reckon it was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, what do you
1: think it, about, uh, the fan, uh, breaking the dinosaur's neck?
0: Um, I was surprised he broke it. I thought he'd just kind of lasso it and pull it to the ground. Um, but the fact that he broke it, I don't know, it didn't really bother me. Um, because if you're in that situation, then, yeah, you'd probably want to...
1: Yeah, you're not going to play a kid yeah, brothers, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Um... I don't know how. Situation. Yeah, I don't know how realistic it is whether a, a pterosaur's neck would be that easy to snap. But um, no, I've got I've got no issue with it. We've seen him shoot animals before mm. when he's you know needed to save someone. So, and it's always the last resort.
1: Yeah. All right. So now the fun part comes. Now the fun part. The problem. Now, yeah. I have problems when it's very realistic, unrealistic and very common where, you know, the person comes in and it's, oh, it's a white guy, oh, he's old, and then, you know, he's got this magic rock that sparks people to death. And, <laughs>
0: yeah, there's no description of exactly what that thing is either.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, they try and drown the phantom and they do a botched job, and, and it's just kind of like, you know... <laughs>
0: I like the Phantoms joke about it though. When you try to drown yeah. someone, push him into a well that's more than a few inches
1: deep. <laughs> Although technically you can drown him in a well. That's well, that's
0: that's true. That's true.
1: But you know, like you know, tie a rock around him, or, or just yeah. kill him. Just
0: shooting. shoot him. Yeah, you've got a then... you've got a magic zappy stone there. Use that.
1: Yeah, and I don't know this, the stone. Oh, the stone was um. But then, and the bit the in the ending, it's yeah. like. You know oh, he's two ending. meters away, and then he's shooting a laser type of thing, and um, oh, it's just I don't know. And then the thing that really gets me is the last, the last three panels. Oh yeah, But it's, it's important. Terrible. We need to investigate this energy. We must send a new expedition to the valley now. Sadly, not. What? But but. While you we were away, we found an oil field in the Arctic which will last for 20 years. Why risk money on a possibility when we found more oil than we can sell in a decade? Yeah. The board has decided to postpone Project Z. And it's just...
0: Yeah, the whole story, because of those two panels, has no point whatsoever.
1: Exactly. And they and
0: had just... this perfect opportunity to set up these all these future stories... Granted, they would have need to explain what the energy source was, and perhaps be a little bit better in their storytelling than these two. But nah, bugger that. I, we're
1: just. Gonna... I wonder if oh. it was because the page count is lower that Maybe. they had to that the story has suffered in a sense because there's not those extra four yeah. six pages to come up with a satisfactory ending.
0: Exactly. Like, Ramurthy is a good writer. Yeah, he's had one or two iffy stories, but he's a good writer. It just seems really strange for him to just cut this off at the knees sort of thing yeah. so quickly. Uh, yeah, it, it was not a good ending. I, I just read it and went, oh, are you, are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. It was,
1: ending. um no, I didn't like it either. No. So what about the lightning egg?
0: I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. The artwork... Now, it's it's interesting because we're, we've been talking about how great Fru has done with this issue. It looks like this has just been... The artwork has just been copied from an old um, print of it or something, because there's bits where you can see lines are missing... Um, yeah. So some of it's bit a bit patchy, isn't yeah. It? Some of it's a bit blurry. The, all the text has obviously been put in for this issue because I pro, suppose they had to translate it. Now that may not be Fru's fault. It just might be that they received bad copy of the story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a shame.
1: Yeah, because I wonder if that because. This was an originally created for the Italian-French audience. Yeah. So I wonder if the original art is still around or whether Egmont, who have published this back in 2006, I think it is, mm. or whether they had to copy it, touch it up, recolor it, because back then you've got... Well, the art's totally different, but the fan was red in those countries and is blue in yeah. Egmont country... So countries. it
0: was originally printed in 1973, so it's fairly old.
1: Yeah, and then it was redone in 2006, and now it's here. So yeah. I don't think the the blotchiness or the not they're not the clearest reproduction is is for his job. Now, do they go through and touch up some of those things? Well, it would be
0: see if they do to do that, they'd need to pay someone to do it, which would increase their overheads, and it would be a I would imagine a, a slow job to do. So, mm. I don't know, I'm kind of in two minds about it. Like, yeah, I would love to have seen it in pristine condition, but, I mean, if Fru was given a sort of a dodgy version to begin with, then, yeah, I can, I can see them just going, no, we'll just print what we have. We don't have the time or the resources to touch it up, which is, you know, fair yeah. enough. But I think the faults in the print quality is completely overshadowed by the fact that this is a story we've never seen before.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's as bad as what we've had before. It's not as bad as what's in the collector's replica series either, anyway. <laughs> no, that's that's very true.
0: That's very um, true.
1: Um but it's it's great art, isn't
0: it? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful.
1: And that's not just the women either. No, that's not just
0: um, the women. It's you know,
1: it, you it you can understand why Fairy and fairy has a has a big cult following. Yeah. Um it's, you know, it, if you like Felmay or Roy Mann, you'll like this. Because they a lot of the stuff that you're seeing Roy Mann, they've actually been a team and done stuff and all that together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I must admit, it's an interesting story. Now, now, those are the things that I find interesting is that... Um, first of all, this story with the diamond, with this um, insect, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, how they mysteriously just fall off. And mm-hmm. then you've got this Indian element where, you know, um, and then you've got the Good Mark ring with the peas around the wrong way. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, you know, you've got all the mysterious, and then you've got... Um, that, that Now, I must admit, you know, that really intrigues me, the whole P's around the wrong way. Um, and then it kind of ends... And then it's like, um, you know, like to, like in the fourth last panel, it's like um, he's a good friend of mine. We will meet him tomorrow morning, and then I'll then I'll ask him to make your father well again. And then there's the end of the story, and unfortunately, there isn't a second part to this.
0: No, there's not.
1: And I think that's it's 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 interesting that um, Egmont has kind of chosen, I mean, not Egmont, uh, Fruit has kind of chosen the stories because leaves it on such a big, um, cliffhanger. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether, you know, uh, Ferry has the artwork and, you know, maybe we can kind of, you know, create it, but, um, Sparta never released a, um, a second part to this. Egglock no. has never released a second part to this, but, um... Dudley, you know, and then Dudley in his messenger, he goes, "Will there be a, will there be a sequel? Who knows? Strange thing, strange things happen in the jungles of Bengali. So it's like he almost knows there is no sequel, but he's kind of leaving it open that maybe there is.
0: Yeah, maybe he's planning something.
1: Yeah, maybe he is planning something. But I, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I did too. I thought it was really good.
1: Now it's yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a modern. It won't win awards or anything like that, but the art's good. Um, it's something different. It's a new story. I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, me too. I really liked, and this might seem like a strange thing to pick out of the story because how good the art is, but I really liked the masks that the um, the jungle guys wearing at the, you know page thirty seven. How they just yeah. they just playing with the isolates, like we've seen witch dogs and stuff with these big demon face masks and stuff, but those with just the isolates and nothing else I found creepier than the others.
1: Yeah, it That's is a, really creepy.
0: Yeah, I really like that, but like you say, the whole whole the whole story is just beautiful to look at. Yeah,
1: it's it's a great choice. Um, it could almost be fleshed out because like, there's so much stuff. It, it's really fast paced I and mean, then yeah, it is. And it's kind of like, like for instance, when he's, um, you know, on the journey over the Long Valley, he's crossing the Valley of Snakes and he's on um, on stilts mm. and then he's crossing the river and, and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, it happens in like two, three panels and it's like, hang on, hang on, there should be a, there should be like a whole page dedicated to this <laughs> stuff. It's, um, yeah, I, I'm a fan.
0: Right, well... It's a awesome issue, and I think Fru need to be praised for um, what they've done mm. with it. And hopefully, there'll be more of these, more of these two uh, double page, uh, double page, double story issues in the future.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I haven't come across any negative feedback on um, uh, on Facebook or any other social media. Even some people that are normally as harsh critics as us. Yeah. Um. That I've seen, um, like Ivan Peterson and some others, like haven't seen anything negative from them either. Um, so yeah, I, I reckon you know two thumbs up. and Yeah, definitely. Can't wait for the new, you know, for the new issues.
0: Yep, looking forward to it. So, well, I think that'll probably do us for this episode. So uh, thanks everyone for listening, and of course, thank you, Jermaine, for joining me.
1: No worries, always a pleasure.
0: Um, righto guys, well if you want to send your own thoughts in on the new 44 page double story issue and what you think might happen with through in the future, you can of course contact us uh, via email at chroniclechamber@gmail.com. at we are on Facebook and Twitter uh, and Google Plus and all those links to those social profiles can be found on the main website, Um Uh, criticalchamber.com on the right hand side of the screen so thanks again for listening and we hope you join us for our next episode, catch you later everybody
1: oh and make sure you keep listening because we're going to be playing the uh, Defenders of the Earth theme remix
0: yes we are, the Defenders of the Earth theme remix by Australian band Toe Hyder is coming up very soon so check it out, it's pretty cool, alright guys catch you later Defenders of the Earth
1: As rockets ignite jets into so Flying faster than light Flash Gordon. Lord of the jungle The hero who stalks The beast calling brother The ghost who woast Defenders of the Atonis yes. Master of magic spells and illusion Enemies crumble in
0: fear and confusion and Defenders of the Atonis
1: it's a legend, his skills conquer all Armed with his power, we never will fall